The thing I love most about this rivalry, yeah. everybody's wrong until the result comes in. Let's go. They always say, throw out the records when it comes to this rivalry. On that day, you have to prove that you're the better team in the state of Michigan. I don't get why both teams can't be great at the same time. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. I love you, man, but you're an idiot. A Michigan, Michigan State podcast. And here's your hosts, Justin Rose and Michael Spath. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside to I Love You. But you're an idiot. A podcast. We focus on Michigan and Michigan State-related topics on a week-to-week basis. And Michael Spath and Justin Rose here. Uh, We have got a great week ahead for our listening base. And not just because Michigan is undefeated playing undefeated Ohio State. No, football is whatever at this point. It's been like that all season. But, man... What, what the drama, Michael and I, you know, we went on vacation last week. So we recorded a podcast earlier in the week last week. And then we just said, you know what, let's enjoy our families. Let's, you know, get away for a minute. And then everything happens with Michigan at Maryland. The big 10 comes in and says what they're going to do. We're going to cover it all. We're going to cover it all. And and Michael, I guess let's start with this Maryland game because that was that, you know, a lot of teams in the top. 10 top five had to get through some trap games in week 11 going into week 12, knowing that they have conference championship game berths on the line against, you know, big time opponents and whatnot. And were you ever really worried about that Maryland game? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What point? What probably third quarter? Okay. Because first half went about as well as Michigan could have hoped other than JJ McCarthy throwing an interception in the end zone. I mean, it would have been a 30 to 10 game at the half. Instead, it was 23 to 10 because he threw the pick in the end zone. But, you know, they had a blocked uh, a blocked punt for a safety. They had a defensive scoop, like fumble, for, forced fumble and fumble return for a touchdown. Um, they looked pretty good running the football in the first half. They were up 23 to 3 until Maryland went on a drive at the end of the first half, which, you know, in, in a half, you're not going to shut a team down completely. So I was feeling like this is really good. Throws the pick, comes out, Maryland scores, makes it a close game. I mean, it was down to the wire until the end. And, and so I certainly thought that when I was watching it, a JJ McCarthy was off. He was not playing very well. Uh, he missed a wide open Cornelius Johnson for what would have been the game ceiling touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, the, the defense was, was certainly not hemorrhaging, but they were showing some leaks. Uh, they, they, you know, uh, Tagliavola was good in up-tempo uh, hitting the middle of the field. Thank God Josh Gaddis was on that sideline calling plays because he essentially got away from everything they were doing well in the third quarter. Typical Josh Gaddis. That's why he's gone through three different jobs in the last three years. But yeah, it, it, it was it was pretty hairy. And it you were thinking to yourself, well, shit. Right before the game, Michigan's going to lose. And now, you know, it's still, everything's still on the line because they beat Ohio State. They still go to the Big Ten Championship game. But now, you know, everybody's going to come out of the woodwork and all over Michigan. And it's already been all over Michigan, which we'll, which we'll get into, but yeah, I was pretty nervous. I really was. And then they got the safety, which, you know, I've heard is a controversial call. I mean, the guy's in the pocket he's in the end zone. He's clearly throwing the ball to nobody. He's just trying to get it out to get the safety. The game, the game is one. Um, so now you're on to, to Michigan, Ohio state, but there's a, you know, JJ's not playing well. You know, and and there's a, supposedly a lower body injury, a leg injury that's limiting him. The running game, for as much as they talked about it against Penn State, was largely absent against Maryland. 
So offensively, what does this team do really well right now? And they might not have Roman Wilson, which we'll save for the podcast later in the week. But it's um, it, it's it's certainly not going into this game as invincible as absolutely convinced Michigan's going to beat Ohio State as it was weeks ago when they were rolling through Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana, Rutgers, you know, Michigan State, blah, now, blah, blah. to that point, you know, uh, here in Michigan, we watched the Lions come back from 12 points mm-hmm. down, beat the Bears in the fourth quarter, and we'll kind of walk off the victory. And, you know, all the sports talk in Detroit and Michigan is largely on, like, you're going to have games that things just don't yeah, maybe, yeah. like, it, it, can that maybe be a thing? Absolutely. And, like, and, and Ohio State, to be fair, you know, they played – Minnesota, Minnesota, oh, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And at home and, you know, they, they, they kind of rolled their helmets out there, were able to take care of it, but they also didn't look like, you know, world beaters at, at, and not that right. game was never yeah. even close yeah. to being in jeopardy. But I guess part of it too, is like, how much do you take, you know, understanding like, Hey, you know what? You got the win. That's the most important thing. You faced a little adversity. Cause that's what the talk is for the lions right now. And, and I'm kind of on that team. Like, you know, it's hard to run through and the fact that Michigan and Ohio state are both 11 and 0 didn't trip up, didn't have any letdown games, even though that they maybe didn't look invincible to steal your word. Is that part of it too? Absolutely. I I think, I think any logical rational fan will look and say in a 12 week season, you're not going to play your a game every single week. You're going to have some times where you're just not mentally there. And there's some reasons why maybe Michigan wasn't mentally there this week. And I mean, Ohio state has struggled against this Maryland team in the they struggled against Rutgers earlier this year. So there have been games where Ohio State hasn't looked that great. Last year, my brother pointed this out to me afterwards. He said last year, Michigan beat Illinois in week 11, 12 to 10 on a game-winning field goal with seconds left. Wasn't that like a 40-something, 50-something? It was something. a pretty it was it was a a, long field goal. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was over 40 yards. Jake Moody, maybe, you know, probably Michigan's greatest kicker ever, drills it. They win the game. And then they went down to Columbus, played their best football of the year, Won that game convincingly, 45-23. I mean, who's talking about Illinois in week 11? Nobody. Right, right. Because, because that's just the way that college football goes. And they've had a lot going on uh, this past week with the NCAA, you know, in investigating and talking to the players. And on Friday, the day before the game, Chris Partridge gets fired. Mm. One of Michigan's assistant I coaches. What he did. Yeah, I mean, supposedly, Shoot. supposedly, you know, it depends on who you, who you listen to. But Probably nothing nefarious. Well, I mean, yeah, look. The linebackers he, he, have certainly been horrible this year for Michigan's <laughs> defense. So that must this be is, That's where my argument was, is that I've heard people say like, well, he didn't really do anything. You know, he got, he got caught up in this. Look, man, Michigan's not going to go out there. They've, they've been protecting their own. They have been, you know, doubling down. So I would have to believe that Chris Partridge, they felt his, his offense was fireable. And that is getting in, getting in the way of the NCAA investigation or hiding evidence or tampering with evidence or something like that. Obviously, Michigan's not going to come out and tell us. You've seen some sources from ESPN say that he's tampering. You've seen other people tell him that he was told players to lie to the NCAA or, <laughs> you know, uh, just just not be 100% truthful with the NCAA. So you had that happen on Friday before the game. You also had this rumor, uh, and you had a, a prominent Michigan booster come out and say, I'm not Uncle T. Uncle that I, T. That I funded the entire Connor Stallions thing. You have Jim Harbaugh accepting this, the suspension. So you've had all, all these things going on. And so, I don't know. I mean, I, I think hang one of on. things is, hang on, let me, sure, let, sure. Just, just, just let me, let me dictate this a little bit because I don't want you to just like say like, Oh, well, just you go, know, just gloss just, over all gloss of it. Gloss over all of it. We, where are you at now yeah. with more information? Again, 
I've said this since the day we found out that this was going to be a thing in like what week five or six, right? And it was like, let's wait for more information. Like, stop running to judgment. That's what we yeah. do in this yeah. industry, and and in this world we live in, it's well, Michigan's guilty for stealing signs. Like, and it's like, well, hold on a second. Like, what's the depth of it? And we still don't know all of the facts. But knowing what we know now, boosters paying for this. Connor didn't keep receipts for you know expense reports supposedly, or you know so. There's obviously some nefariousness going on in the dark parts of college athletics at the University of Michigan. Are you accepting that? Are you still, well, I'm not really sure. Like, where are you at I think, now? I think there was an institutional failure. Okay. And, and what I would argue is it traces back. Michigan fans will go to the hilt to defend Jim Harbaugh. But at the end of the day, this was a Jim Harbaugh hire, Connor Stallions. And from everything that I've understand, when you go back and look at Matt Weiss, you look at Shemmy Schembechler, you look at all these things, different things. What you've had is you've had Jim Harbaugh rubber stamping these hires. Just saying, like, this is my guy. We're hiring him. And when you have a you have an entire HR department that normally vets every single hire, and when it comes to Michigan football, it's like, nope, this is the guy. And the HR department just goes, okay, Jim, Jim wants it this way. Or Ward Manuel tells him, like, hey, Jim wants it this way. So nobody looks into it. To me, that is a fundamental failure of this entire athletic department is that you've allowed this to happen now repeatedly, repeatedly, over and over again. It's not just Shemmy Schembechler. It's not just Connor Stallions. It's not just Matt Weiss. It's all of them. It's all of them. And they're not. So to me, that is whether you say ultimately, hey, this sign stealing, you know, what your feelings is of the seriousness of this or whether, you know, every Michigan win is tainted, which I don't believe because I still think you had to show up and you had to execute and all those different things. But from a overall football and athletic department program, something's happened on their watch. And a lot of people are responsible for that. Not just counter stallions, not just uncle T and not just Chris Partridge. Again, I go back to looking at any organization and I'll use my own. I won't say our company name, but if a low level staffer does something illegal and gets caught, the boss is going to get caught up in it. It's just the way it goes. And frankly, you if the boss says, well, I never had any awareness of this whatsoever, I would say to you, what mechanisms do you have in place throughout the entire system? Because you have different levels. Somebody has to know. And if nobody knows what's going on whatsoever, this guy completely went rogue, shame on you, Michigan, that you allowed this to happen on your watch without anybody paying attention to what was going on, because that's not a good enough excuse. And you know, here's the other part of it too, that like the whole lone wolf, like mentality. And like, I've heard that thrown out by just so many people. Oh, you acted alone. Nobody knew. How can nobody know when this guy is running up to your offensive and defensive coordinator in the middle of a game and giving them information? Well, and that's what I, there's many podcasts ago where I said, this is if his information was so good, was so good, and Jesse Minter's using it, and Sharon Moore's using it. After the game's over with, you go over and you slap the guy in the back, and you're like, damn, Connor, you were killing it today. Like, you gave us so much good information. Okay, cool, whatever, just do it next week. Like, give me a break. Like, you absolutely go, Connor, how'd you do that? Right. And if Connor says, like, oh, I'm really good at breaking down signs. Okay, cool, 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 great, keep doing it. No. No, it doesn't work that way. I, I mean, like, again, go back to sales organization. 
You have a, a rookie come in and, and blow the doors off of him, beat all the veterans, the guys who've been doing this for 30 years. The people at the top, the sales director's not going to be like, hey, Justin, great job. Go do it again. They're going to say, what was your secret? Tell us everything. Let us know how you did this because we want to give it to everybody else in the company. Correct. So like anybody, anybody, exactly. So any Michigan fan who is living in this world where that, where, where the scenario I just laid out is implausible, that there's no way he did that. Like open your fucking eyes. <laughs> and they ears. don't want to, they don't want like, to. I am, it's I will the defend, blind leading the blind. And I will defend Michigan in a lot of ways. And I, I've made a differentiator between the program and the players, which we can get into 100%. a little bit. Yep. Because kind of like how this Mel Tucker thing went down, you can support the players. Sure. Which I'm supporting the players. Yep. But the rest of it, give me a break. Now, I had seen, you know, uh, somebody on ESPN put out, like, you know, I think it was on, uh, hey, Greeny, uh, Green, Greenberg's podcast about, you know, this guy said, I feel like I know things that most people don't, that the public doesn't know yet. And this is going to get so much worse for Michigan before it gets better. Mm -hmm. FBI related, NCAA related. Mm -hmm. And this guy said, I don't see a path for Jim Harbaugh to be back next season. Who is the guy? I, I can't think of the name off okay. the top of my head. I have to go. It was just like, it was one of those. Your like, 1% phone right now is coming back yeah, to haunt us. Yeah. By the way, get a chart. Oh, it's dead. Uh, get a charger that plugs in and not like the pad that you put it on because yeah, sometimes you just, you miss it. You Anyways, water. Um, he, he was saying, you know, and this was on, you know, he, he said he's not a reporter. I think he's like a legal expert mm -hmm. reviewer or something along that. And he said, I have to be careful about what I say because I'm not a reporter, but he said, I have, known things that will be public soon that paint a completely broader picture of just the issues in Ann Arbor with the football and athletic department. And I, I peeked my eyebrow and I was like, okay. So that was something I wanted to talk to you about is how difficult, and I, I can only put myself in your shoes if this was my program. You're on the verge of winning your third straight big championship game, beating yeah, your main yeah. rival for the third straight year to get to said championship game. You're going to get to the college football playoff if you win this weekend and you have a realistic, legitimate shot at a national title. That can all be true. At the same time, your program can be literally eating itself from within with rule-breaking FBI, NCAA, like nefarious activities that are crumbling this yeah. feel-good I mean, foundation of the interior of the program. I've already we've already talked at length about guys enjoy it. If they go to a Big Ten championship, buy tickets, go to Indianapolis. If they win that game, wherever they're going, buy tickets, go and enjoy that game because you may never get back here in your life again, regardless of, of, of what well, happens and, off the field. Yeah. And so what enjoy is, that product. But at the same yeah. time, how do you, how do you say – everything's okay. Like, like that's the part where it's yeah, like, it's yeah. very, it's gotta be, you have to still have that thing where you feel like in the pit of your stomach, like I know something wrong is going on, but I'm just going to put on a big old smile and say, go team. Well, I mean, I, I think that's the nature of, of fandom. And I think because you have, let, let me put it this way. If Mel Tucker, the whole thing was happening during a 10, 10 win season for Michigan state, I wonder if if they would have approached everything a little bit differently. I think when you're winning, 
you are, you've got this one eye focused on winning and this other eye can see it, but all you're doing is like putting up a black, yeah, a black blinder, yeah. To, 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 to block it off as long as you can. And as long as you can for Michigan fans is this weekend, big 10 championship weekend, national championship potential. And then after that, I think they would like open up the curtains be like, Ooh, okay. Now let's maybe we'll look at, look at the rest of the stuff. But until that happens, I think they're going to Michigan fans are going to continue to focus on the good thing, because here's the, here's the thing is that as human beings, we want to focus on what's good in our lives. Right. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe we spend our little too much time focusing on what's negative in our lives, but the happiness, the joy is what is life is all about. So they're going to spend as much time with that as possible. And they're going to live with this over here in the, in the shadows for as long as possible. To your point. I, I mean, I, I don't know because we said earlier, we're not going to speculate. We're not going to like, let's wait the facts play out in the whole thing. I don't know what all this stuff is about. Yeah. Some guy gets on there. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say like, well, how does this impact Michigan? The FBI? I have no idea what we're talking about. Right no. Now. And, and, and so and that's, that's fair. And that's fair. And like, I, so all I can play with is like, if you want to, I mean, and I'm not saying you, but like, if you want to ask me questions about like things that have been unveiled so far, like we just talked about Connor Stallions, I have an opinion about that. Chris Partridge. Yeah. If any coach is found to have interfered with the investigation <laughs> out of here, Jim Harbaugh at the top, like I said, I mean, he's got to know what's going on. He's accepted the suspension. You said at one point when he first got suspended, like, just accept your suspension and move on. So now he's accepted his, I mean, they kind of the fought big it. 10. Yeah. The big it, tens. So next year, if the answer comes out and says, we're going to suspend you for six games. What if it's more? What? Eight games. We're going to suspend you for season? the entire season. And they also show like, Jim, you knew. You absolutely knew. Or you stuck your head in the sand and pretend you didn't know when you should have known. I mean, honestly, I said earlier, like you are the boss and you've been rubber stamping these hires. Okay. Connor Stallions is not, you can't put that on HR. You can't put that on. That's on Jim Harbaugh. Okay. He's on your staff. Ultimately, every person on your staff is your decision. You know, my, my boss, my boss weighs in with HR and the whole thing, but like, ultimately, like he gets to have, he gets to have a little bit of say in every single hire. There's nobody that gets brought into organization without my boss saying like, yep, that guy's good for, or that person's good for us. So I find it, I find it, you know, improbable that you can completely distance Jim Harbaugh from Connor Stallions. And I know that the NCAA said we found no, no connection to what they've said is they found no connection that Jim Harbaugh knew this was going on, but they didn't say like, he didn't know Connor Stallions was, I mean, his Connor Stallions is on a staff. Like we've, Wait, we've seen, you're saying the big 10 found. Yeah. That. The big the 10 NCAA has well, not come NCAA out. The NCAA told the big 10 when they suspended Harbaugh, they said, we have so far not connected like the sign stealing scandal to Jim Harbaugh. Like, There's no proof that Jim Harbaugh knew he was doing it this way. But again, it's his hire. It's his guy. He's ultimately responsible for his person. Do you want Jim Harbaugh to sign a long-term extension? Can he sign like a one-year deal? <laughs> no. I tell you, I tell you, I had this, I had this conversation with a, a buddy of mine. I said, how much drama can one fan base put up with? Oh, I don't know. Ask in, me. In the, the <laughs> argument is, is that when you're winning, you just keep on putting up with it, but you win a big 10 championship. And then he flirts with the NFL and he signs a, he signs a new contract for, I think it was like eight years after the 2021 season. And he's like, this is where I want to be. I'm going to be here, blah, you know, all of them. He goes through 2022, wins another Big Ten championship. And what does he do? 
flirts with the NFL again after he just told you he wasn't going to do it. And then this whole thing becomes like, well, he wants to be the highest paid coach and he's this and that. And then he, you know, ultimately, again, you've made fun of Burger Gate, but at the end of the day, like he still hid, like lied about it, right? Like, so it's drama. It's unnecessary drama. Have you ever dated that girl or dated that guy who like you, it's, it's Christmas dinner. You've had, you've got her like all the presents she wanted. Everything's great. And like, she goes in and she picks a fight with somebody at Christmas dinner, like your brother right. or your sister-in-law right. or something like that. And like, you have to leave the party early and you come home and, and you're thinking like, this was a, a magical day. And you come home and there's like all this, you're dealing with it and you're going to bed and you're just like, oh, I'm so tired of this shit. Yes. What do you eventually do after, after you realize like, Hey, sure. We had some good times, but you break up with And her. that's where I'm at with Jim Harbaugh and the university of Michigan. It's like. The winning at all costs mentality was something that Bo Schembechler talked. It was, we're not going to do that. And like the whole line of succession beyond that, the leaders in the best and how Michigan is not the SEC because they do things the right way. And while that did not produce national championships, by and large, maybe 97 was a, you know, like a different, different era of the sport completely. But we've, we've, we've entered into this muddy waters. I want my program to hire Urban fucking Meyer. Yeah. And I'm all the bullshit. Bring all the bullshit. I want the bullshit because I want a winner. And so my fan base is sitting there. Everybody's raising the flag and clamoring for, or make it, get it done. Get Urban. Urban or bust. All of this. Guys, that happens. We are in for a roller coaster of emotions because you think urban's gonna like come in and be squeaky clean and like do all things by the book and beware like, co-eds my whole point is is that just don't do it over zoom uh it it, it it's just it's it's gross like college football has yeah, become yeah. so gross and that's where i'm saying to like michigan fan like i'm not mad at you saying what you said about jim and i wouldn't be mad if you said yeah win a title and get out of here like or anywhere in between because and I what's, think what's yeah. next? Like you have to also think like, yeah. okay, so if Jim moves on, what are you going to hire Sharon Moore? Maybe you do, maybe, maybe you give him an opportunity and you, you try to keep this staff together and intact and stuff. And maybe that works. That's I don't know the, the answer. So the, and that right there's the fundamental question, right? Is like, what's next. And I think what you've got is a fan base that is so afraid. And I would say rightfully so, because you see how many coaches flame out for every Nick Saban. There is a Jim. There's 10 Jimbo Fisher. Sure. Um, and you say, okay, if they move on from Jim, what's stopping us from hiring the next Rich Rod? What's stopping us from hiring the next Brady Hoke? What's stopping us from hiring the next, you know, enter, in, insert name here? I mean, Notre Dame, after they got Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly did very well, and they thought that they were going to leave the promised land, never quite got there. They hire Marcus Freeman. They're like, this guy is the next future stud, and maybe he'll get there. But, I mean, mixed like, results, mixed results so years, far. Yeah, I mean, Florida goes out and hires the guy from um, – Dan uh, Mullins? No. Well, the Dan Mullen was from Mississippi State. Okay. Proven track record. Looked pretty good. Didn't win there. Okay. Then they went out and got this guy from, where, where was the, where's the, we got I don't even know. I don't even know who he, he got it from like uh, the Conference USA. They're, they're coach right now. Oh, sure. Yeah. So they got a guy from Na Conference USA. Napier? Yes. Napier. Really successful. What are they right now? Five and six? Well, you know, was it his first, first or second no, year? No, it was just like, his second, maybe his third. Like, and again. It, so it's going to take some time. Everything but, takes I mean, time. But. You know, you look at Norvell at Florida State's looking pretty good. But overall, how many coaches fail? 
It's a oh, lot more than succeed. 90%. So as long as he's winning, I don't think Michigan fans are going to want to move on from him. But if it the draw, like, that's what you just said. But how much are you willing? Like, and that's where it's just like the fan base, especially over the last, it just gotten louder and yeah. louder and louder and more defiant and more like, you know, you're so you're so focused on our program. What about your podunk program? And it's like, guys, we know our program sucks. We know we're in the middle of a coaching search. Yeah, like yeah. the acceptance for other fan bases seems to be like realistic. And for Michigan, it just they feel like. I don't know what you're talking about. Like you, well, you don't worry about us. You don't worry about us. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll and say I'm like, again, I come back to, I, t- I taught a class on this. I looked into this, spent a lot of time with it. Mi- what Michigan is going through right now is not unique. It is every fan base. When scandal breaks, it is pick up the shield, defend our program to the ends of the earth until literally the evidence is so incredibly overwhelming. And what you would argue is like, we're at that point. But most Michigan fans are like, no, we're not. Plus, the, what they're going to say is, we're also 11 and 0, Justin. Like, mm. so back the fuck off. True. Right? Like, I, I had a conversation with a Buckeye, who, a friend of mine, who, um, really rational guy. And he was like, I don't know how you could support this program. You know, every victory that they've ever had is tainted. They cheated their way to get here. I said, what happens if they go out there and win on Saturday? He's like, what do you mean? It's, it's still a cheat. And I'm like, but they got rid of Connor Stallions like six weeks ago. And, Everybody's changed their sign. So they go out there and beat it. Like they don't validate that they're a, a great program. No, they, they still, I'm like, what is that? Like, that's, that's just that that's, to me. That's childhood behavior. Yeah. That, that's baloney. And I said, what about, what about Jim Trestle? And he's like, what about Jim Trestle? And I said, they carry this guy off on their shoulders. And back in the day, you can argue now, like name him, likeness, but Maurice Claret was getting paid. All the Terrell Pryor was getting paid. All these players were getting paid at Ohio state. I'm like, so that was illegal at the time. They cheated. Different types of cheating. And he's like, he's like, that's not even close to the same thing. It, it really is. And I'm like, but and I'm like, cheating is cheating. But so here's the thing is that that fan base didn't care at the time. They've completely moved on. And if you bring up to a Buckeye, they're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? We didn't do anything. That's every fan base. It, that's it, every it, fan base. No, you're right. You're right. It's, it, it, it is very interesting. And like, I think the postseason and the off season this year will be very interesting to see like, you know, what happens and, you know, what does Jim decide to do? Do they ink him to a long-term? Does the FBI and the NCAA come? I mean, FBI. We're talking about the FBI, too. Like, Well, and that's part you of brought that. Like, I, I haven't heard anything about the FBI. I, I'm just simply saying, like, I do believe that there's certainly more rocks What's to be? I don't, I don't understand what the FBI The Matt be. Weiss thing. He was already, yeah. the FBI was already on campus doing some stuff with him. So what else were they doing? Like Matt Weiss was the one who shut down, who hacked into the entire system. I, where did it go? What was the, again, we don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm not sitting here pointing a finger. I'm just simply saying like you had the FBI on campus. Well, I'll say this. What else are they finding? I'll, I'll say this. And this is what I said a couple weeks ago. And it's the line from major league Tom Berenger. Um, when they find out that the owner's been, been trying to take them down and he gets up there and he says, well, I guess there's only one thing left to do. And they say, what's that? And he says, win the whole fucking thing. Because to me, Justin is you're talking about, if you're a Michigan fan, you've got to expect come January 15th that the next like nine months are going to be some level of hell on earth because <laughs> it's all, it's all coming. So if it's all coming, then it's all coming after Michigan wins a national championship. And I can sit there and be like, Hey, the memories are there. I appreciated my memories. And you know, that's that. So uh, it's, it, it's really, it comes back to something that, I've said repeatedly, and if you're a Michigan fan, 
that really sucks is that you have this incredible season going on, this absolutely incredible season going on, and yet it's it's there's a pall, right? There's this black cloud following you around. You can you can pretend it doesn't exist, but if you like cross the street, it's pouring rain over there, it's thunderstorming, and it's coming for you. And however you want to rationalize it, deny it, it's sitting there. And it's been sitting sitting there for five or six weeks now. And you have to essentially ignore every fan base in the country who's calling you cheaters, who's saying it's tainted. You have to ignore the national media. Like, I go back to, you brought up the Lions. The Lions on Monday morning were a great read. Football Morning America by Peter King, CBS Sports. I, like, I was going on every national website. They're like, these Lions, man. Like, sure, they didn't play their perfect game, but these guys are special. They've got this. How much fun was that to just soak all that up, read all of that? The free press, the news, the, you know, ES, like everything. I read so many stories. I was just going back and watching highlights. Every single Michigan victory, and when they beat Ohio State on Saturday, early prediction, when they beat Ohio State on Saturday, you have to avoid it. You have to avoid ESPN. You have to avoid Sports Illustrated. You have to avoid CBS Sports. You have to avoid all that. The only ones that you can read are the fan sites, the Wolverine and the Michigan Insider, and because they, all they've all because, they've always done is prop because the program because up. they're because they're cheerleaders, and that's what they're but that's what their job is supposed to do. That's no, it's not. No, it it is. <laughs> those fan sites. That's what their job is. No, I know, but like I used this, to work for one of those fan sites. This, this Michigan media. I mean, and like, look, they they all they all they all. You're right. There is there is a reason you subscribe to the Wolverine mm-hmm. instead of Rivals.com. And Spartan like, Mag. Exactly. I mean, it, you subscribe to them to get the, the pro the, Michigan, the, Michigan State correct, correct, and everything. Correct. No, and I'm not going to sit here and bash any of those, of those, you know, the people who do that. But, like, the difference in, like, journalistic integrity is certainly something that you have to, like, mm-hmm. know going into those fan sites and what those guys are saying and whatnot. Um, okay. So... We are going to uh, we are going to record uh, you know another podcast later this week. We're going to get into the game a little bit more. We have to talk about this. This is a huge week for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Not oh, because by the they're way, playing. Congratulations! Oh, second victory of the Big Ten season over Indiana. Go right through. By for the MSU. way, by the way, I got to say that was one of the best highlights of the year. The Malik Carr game winning touchdown. Yeah, but did you see the other touchdown in that game? Uh, that was maybe. Better the first half one right the one where, where got, yeah. one handed catch oh, yeah, Monterey Foster yeah. Yeah. catches it one handed spins back in shakes off three tacklers and runs in for a touchdown yeah I saw I saw that a quick was sexy that. yeah that was sexy yeah that that did it for you it did it for me for okay. sure and then Malik Carr doing his thing I mean I think Malik can can be a tight end at the next level mm-hmm. I think he's Is got, he a senior he's a technically he has one more year of eligibility okay. should he because he's like to one of those back. when you when you're a Michigan State fan you're looking at this team in the season. Well, we've kind of said it's all about like building blocks. Yeah. Like he could be a building block for the next head coach. Sure. If you can get him to come back. Well, yeah. And like a lot of, you know, they're still getting like more decommitments. They had another one of their four-star running backs decommit over the the past couple of days. I mean, that's going to happen right now. I mean, and the new coach is going to come in and say, I don't even want this guy anyway. So it's, it's like recruiting, you know, right now, grain of salt, because once they raise the flag, urban comes in, you don't think that every kid in the world is going to want to come play for uncle Irby. How many years has it been since he's been out? Has it been four? I believe it's been th- three. I think it's four because I think Ryan Day beat Ohio Michigan no, 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 his no, first no. year. 
but like he was at Jacksonville. So right, saying, right, right. From since, college since game? college, yeah, yeah. This, oh, yeah. He's it's coming a into while. a whole new world. He's coming to a whole new world. And the other thing, too, is like I just wonder how much Urban Meyer's college football reputation still stands among. I always say this, like, so the kids that he's going to be recruiting were probably 12 years old when he was at Ohio State. Yeah. So he's going to. But mean, his name. Yeah. Still. Come on. He's on the Fox Big Show. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the main analyst. He's like, on Kirk Street. I want to play for Kirk Herbstreet. Kirk Herbstreet couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. um, My wife asked if Kirk Herbstreet was dying his hair and dying his eyebrows. I believe he is. Age age is undefeated. Because she's like, you know, if that's a dye job, she's like, he needs to get a new stylist. Which is why you need to start a new face care routine. That's for another day in time. Uh... But no, we're okay. we're gonna yeah. dive in. We're gonna dive into the Michigan State coaching search just a, a little bit more. You know, some other names apparently have gotten through to the second round of uh, you know like uh, interview processes. Oh, I don't know who the second there's, round coaches there's, are. Second, yeah, you there's, have, you uh, yeah, there's there's been some um, some some charter flights that have left Lansing for Sarasota, uh, and a prominent Is that where he lives. Yes, a prominent uh, booster named Uncle Matt T. Ishbia. No, oh, Uncle I. Uncle I. Uncle-ish. Uncle-ish. Yeah. He, he, he was supposedly on an airplane okay. down to Sarasota to talk to. And he just certain, wasn't, he just wasn't looking for like his next billion dollar house. No, no, maybe, maybe it was nice area down there. I was yeah. just down there this past week at, yeah. at, at, on my vacation, but man, Florida's going through it right now. Rain. How dare they? But anyways, we'll come back uh, later in the week with uh, another episode of I love you, but you're an idiot.